Hello, my name's Caitlin, and it's in me. Is it in you? Do you know what we're talking about, by the way? No, I have no idea, but I figured it out. You didn't tell me before this, but I figured it out because that was a good intro. Um, and I'm Zach, and I prefer Powerade. If I'm gonna like go on the uh, uncommon opinion, I don't know. We're we're talking about Gatorade, right? Did, was I? Yes, we was are. I, yes, yes, we are. Yep. Yes. Yep. Good job. Um, I, I was hoping you were. I was gonna. I was hoping you were gonna like shoot from the hip and come at me with another marketing slogan from Gatorade. <laughs> but I think the the big one was a little bit. It predates us a little bit. Like we were. Is we were babies. Yeah. What, no, not that one. one be like mike was a big one oh that was yeah. a gatorade slogan yeah oh, yeah with the whole song uh-huh i'm gonna learn a lot today all right i'm excited and welcome to manipulating the masses don't give yourselves to brutes men who despise you enslave you who regiment your lives Tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel? Who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder? Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines, you are not cattle, you, the people, have the power. Okay. All right. Zach, we're gonna like spice it up a little bit. Um, I wanted to oh. add two sections into our podcast format and to our okay. listeners i promise we won't make this longer than it needs to be but <laughs> i was thinking about something yesterday i was kind of having a brainstorming session party of one um <laughs> and i wanted to do like a mini roast and okay. because i was thinking okay. of something that you always do on this podcast and I was gonna call you out for it. And I was like, well, it's not really fair if I call him out and he can't call me out. So we're gonna have a mini roast okay. Okay. and okay. maybe just one, <laughs> one bullet point each, right? Like we don't need to sit here and roast each other all day, but um, so what I was well, gonna call you out on yeah. Yeah. Was my intros. I was listening to previous podcasts of ours and every single intro that I do, you always like sit back and you're always like, oh man, that was a good one. And although it's I, very validating and thank you, it's like your Midwestern nature. I'm like, is, if he does is. this, if he says, oh, that was a good one, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> And so I was going to well, preface. Would you rather me talk shit like you do every time where it's like, oh, you don't have to explain the joke, Zach, you know? I, true, so fair true, true. We balance each other out. I'm I feel like, like I had to le level us where it's like, we can't always be positive and I have to be real. I have to be the real one. You're very like, you're very packaged Sunshine's with rainbows. a bow. Yeah. Yeah. Cool with that. Cool with that. Okay. okay. Well, as far as as far as roast go, I'll take that. You know, like okay. being too positive, I'm okay with that. Let me tell mm -hmm. you mine that I thought of because I'm the one that edits these podcasts, and I swear to God, I could read War and Peace between some of your thoughts. Like it is, 
It, now I have to, to caveat that I have filler words. I'm like, um, uh, you know, but good Lord, Caitlin, like I have to cut it down. And you know what the difficult thing is? I have to cut it down. So it still seems reasonable and not like someone, not like our mics went out for 20 seconds. But, uh, so I, I you're kind still of pondering. <laughs> I, I definitely hear you on that. And I do take advantage of it. Where I'm like, sometimes I'll pause and I'll be thinking of what I have to say. <laughs> and then I like, you're not telling me to kind of speed it up. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll take a little bit longer to think about what I have to say. Because he's not saying anything to me. Like, maybe he enjoys yeah. this silence. <laughs> You can't, my idea is you can't rush brilliance, Caitlin. As, as far as hyping you up, you can't rush Thank it. You. Let it Thank come you. naturally. It comes out in the editing where I literally have to just like cut it down by five or six seconds to make it seem I like mean, a normal person. You know, five or six about. seconds in real time is, is excruciating. That's oh, too yeah. long. In mm -hmm. podcast time, way too long. Like you can't mm -hmm. sit there with dead space for mm -hmm. you know like uh, <laughs> ten seconds. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is why I appreciate this because I'm gonna be cognizant of that moving forward. Um, and these are things like at this stage in our podcasting career, we need to step yeah. it up. Like we're at I agree. Uh, you know season three, this arbitrary season three that you've made up. Thank because you. Thank you. You did. I just like mixing um, it up. But yeah. in, to that point, we launched, uh, I believe it's going to be two years two by year. the time this podcast comes out. I think this might be like our two-year check mark. Which I'm really proud of us for sticking with it because there were some moments where we could not get through it. Oh, yeah. And I think... Uh, I did not yeah, want to write scripts. You did not want to write scripts. I think uh, props to you. You have carried the team for the past couple weeks. And finally, I was like, fuck this. I need to sound like the smart one on this podcast. So I need to write a script. Oh, it's not hard to do, Caitlin, when you're paired up with me. But no, I think uh, you are great at your off the cuff insights. And I'm mm. the research guy. It's just like mm. our normal, you know, uh, mm. business. So I think it works mm -hmm. out well. I think it works out really, really well. But yes, congratulations to you as well. It has not been easy two years putting these out because we run a business on the side, a s small business trying to grow that. So taking the little time on a Friday has always yeah. been delightful with you. Even Agreed. Well, yeah. shit. I did not expect this mini roast to turn into a high five congratulations fist bump <laughs> session. <laughs> But here we but, are. Uh, it's just like the regular Comedy Central roast. They all they always end with like, "I love you, James I love Franco. You, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're the best." Blah blah blah. <laughs> so that's how we'll we'll cap that off as well. All right. Well, let's Unless get into it. you have it. another one to throw at me. You got another one? Is there? Um. Is... Well, actually, the one that I also thought of was one that you already <laughs> mentioned, where you have filler words, where it's like, "Uh, yeah," like you cannot end a sentence to save your life. Nope. Nope. No. You and you always have to have the last word where it's like, even if that word doesn't make it, even if it were past it, it's kind of like the people you see in the street and you're like, bye, 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 no, bye. Oh, yeah. You can't just walk away. I have the mid no, I have the Midwest goodbye. It takes me, I have to start my goodbyes at a party about 45 minutes before I want to leave, you know? Like, it is, it is like excruciating because I'm chatting away. I, I don't know. I don't know. 
the 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 dance of conversation, Caitlin. Look at me getting in the last word on your roast. And I will roast myself. Something that I have heard besides my long pause in thought is uh, I do pop my peas oh, on this uh, microphone. Yeah, yeah you're, well, you have like the nice, I, I've been doing it too. You know, we're not, once we start making we're not experts. money on this. We're yeah. intermediate yeah. podcasters. Yeah, we do it for okay. the fun of it, for the joy we, we do, and because yet. we're interested. We're interested exactly. in the marketers who came before us. So let's get into it. Let's talk Gatorade. Ooh. All right. We're about to get into Gatorade's successful marketing strategies in the beverage industry. Uh, Gatorade is owned by PepsiCo. Did you know that? Mm. Yes. Uh, Why did you know that? About it. Yes, we, we did. It Coke versus Pepe, Pepsi uh, podcast, yeah. Pepe. Um, Pepe. Gatorade owned by PepsiCo dominates the sports drink market with around 70 to 80% of the market share globally. Uh, I know. And I was going to say, I was going to ask you, we did cover Pepsi versus Coke and in one of our previous podcasts. And do you remember which company came out on top? Uh, it was Pepsi, right? It was by Pepsi. A significant amount. Yeah. Yeah. Amount. And it kind of um, depends, right? Like if you're into the branding where Coke goes very traditional, um, Coke comes out on top, but financially it is Pepsi. And honestly, I would attribute a lot of this to Gatorade's success. Oh, really? I would. I mean, because... Gatorade owns 70%, 80% of the sports drink market yeah that's a what do you think point. the others are there's two powerade yep because that's my personal favorite i love a good blue powerade um there's another one mm. uh is it kind of new mm-hmm. is it or is it a pretty established one it's new body armor yeah Look at me i know go. i'm surprised you knew that do you like body go. armor? I could see the bottles. It's got like, you know, I just mm-hmm. didn't know the name. It's got like that metallic kind of like mm-hmm. un- underlay behind the brand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So the origin story of Gatorade, do you know it? I think everyone knows it. Yeah. Was it? Uh, well, you wrote the script, but it was founded at the yeah, University you- of Florida, right? Sure was. It developed in 1965 at the University of Florida. Um, the University of Florida football coach, Dwayne Douglas, was starting to observe unusual water weight loss in players without increased urination. So he's like, where is all this weight disappearing to? Um, so he went we, over to the... Can, re- we, can we take a pause? How does he know without man, peeing? Yeah, no, how was he measuring the urination? Yeah, I mean, I could have gone that. I could have gone down that road, but I chose not to. So, (laughs) okay, you know, it's part of the story. You just don't ask questions. Okay. So he went to their research department and asked Dr. Robert Cade to solve this issue of dehydration. So he came up with the formula of Gatorade, and the initial formula was uh, just aimed to help these athletes, these football players perform better in hot and humid conditions, being that they're in Mm. Florida, by replenishing lost electrolytes and carbohydrates. 
um, the first version of Gatorade was water, salt, and a bit of sugar, which oh. was pretty repulsive actually to the majority of people who drank it, but they continued to drink it um, because it worked. And then Dr. Cade's wife, Mary, snaps for Mary, suggested, <laughs> hey, why don't you add a bit of lemon juice to improve the taste of the solution? Thus, <laughs> Gatorade's first flavors were orange and lemon lime, um, which oh, really became yeah. iconic and synonymous with the brand's identity. And of huh. course, I had to look. Um, my branding brain was like, who designed the logo? Did they go outside? Did they hire a marketer? Yeah. Uh, no. The original logo was designed by the secretary, uh, Beverly Gagliardi, at the University of Florida's College of Medicine. And no, she was not compensated for her design. Um, She's a regular G, Pam Beasley. The, yeah, yeah. The G uh, is obviously Gators, and mm. the lightning bolt is energy, speed. And what's true is that it's really remained a hallmark of the brand. So yeah. I think it's just insane that this was created by not a designer, not a marketing company, which I think also um, is a little, I like to laugh at creative agencies and marketing agencies because they put so much weight on logos and so much research and so many focus groups and there's like little tiny tweaks being you know mm -hmm. the legendary joke of creative agencies is can you make the logo bigger um yeah. and really it's like right. the two most legendary logos were off the cuff just do it nikes and gatorades yeah and both of I them were i mean one wasn't was not compensated at all at Gatorade. And then Nike was like, what, 100 bucks? 300 or something bucks. Like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. That is crazy. It, do you feel, do you feel that as a creative? Do you like, yeah, eat in the creative world, you know? Yeah. I Wait, feel what? Feel that, uh, you know, some of the most successful brands were produced basically for free if not essentially for free and like does that i guess it's just it's it's a hard world for me because it's so subjective right like these are people will pay in the tens of thousands of dollars for a logo that doesn't do much difference right well i think that the one i go back to is pepsi's logo and how they spent something i might be misplacing a zero but it's either between two or 20 million dollars on yeah. their rebrand that they ended up doing nothing with and their rebrand yeah. brand was so fucking simple it was like the curvature of the s like yeah. became a little bit more deep or something and that cost them millions of dollars for the rebrand and you know we look at this too like over the years i, I don't know I'm always going to be a Nordstrom advocate. I love Nordstrom. Yeah, love their brand. Love what they uh, they resent or they um, love their brand, and I love what they stand for, um, customer service wise. But their logo kind of took on many renditions over the years. I don't know how many how much money they put into it, but it's like every so often they update the fonts, which is okay. This Pepsi company millions of dollars um so 
I just don't think like creatives take their sel themselves too seriously. Like I will be the first to say that. And I've had creative directors above me that I've worked under that are, oh, you know, horrible to work for because they put so much weight on creative and they think they're the hero of the show. And it's like, you're yeah. barely it. You're barely it. You're a cog you're a in the wheel. The puzzle. Yeah, you're a yeah. piece of the puzzle, right? So, uh, well, to, I mean, but to, to counter that is like the it is just so subjective. It's hard. It's like the art world, right? Like it's like it's the same thing. A, a painting could be worth five bucks. That's a beautifully done, and a painting of a red square could be worth twenty five million dollars, right? Like, yeah, it, it's so subjective. So that's the difficulty of it, right? I love that because we're going to kind of touch on that towards the end where it's like there are so many outliers that go into the success of a brand that to put all this money into a logo or to put yeah. all this weight on a logo is really silly because it's timing, it's right place, it's you know, market, it, it, it's everything. There's so marketing, there's, it, there's so many things that could make a brand, make or break a brand. Um, so let's go into the early marketing campaigns. Um, Gatorade was credited. Yes. Question. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. I do have one question about Gatorade before we get going. Uh, you said the ingredients of Gatorade, is it like Coca-Cola now where it's a secret recipe and they don't tell people what they put into it, like Coke and Pepsi, or is it pretty much open? Like, is it still just basically, do you know, like the basically no. the same? Like, Why does that matter sugar? to you? I was just curious because it's mm -hmm. like, it, it feels like it's they own 80% of the market share, but people know mm -hmm. what the, what the contents are. Why hasn't someone come along to like replicate? Well, do you think Powerade right? did replicate it? I think that's the same drink. I think it tastes a little different. I think, do you? I think both of them. Yeah, I think it tastes a little different. Hmm. You know, it's, it's okay. it, it, I, I compare it to Coke and Pepsi, right? Like they're both colas, but they taste a little different. Like little different. There's, there's little subtleties in there. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, my research didn't come up with that, where just, the ingredients was, list is hidden. My but line of inquiry. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. Keeping me on my toes. Um, so... It was developed in 65 and then the Gators go on to win the Orange Bowl in 67 and Gatorade was largely credited for this win. And that was kind of the first um, introduction to Gatorade. Mm. Not long after in 67, Stokely Van Camp, a food and beverage company, secured the rights to Gatorade from Dr. Cade and his colleagues, including the rights to the formula, branding, and commercial commercialization of the product. SVC saw the opportunity to market Gatorade as a sports drink that could benefit athletes across various sports, which I think is really smart, not just football. Yeah. And so they're branching out. Um, and that really, this partnership really marked the beginning of Gatorade's journey uh, from kind of a scientific uh, brewed in the basement university developed beverage to a widely recognized global brand. So, Zach, before we get into that, how would you, you know, how would you take this from the basement of the University of Florida to market now that it's a commercial product? How would you take it to market? Well, I think what would you lean the into? First, the first thing that I would do, I think it's important that you talked about Florida winning the championship. I think it's PR, right? Like, I think the base to sell anything to athletes or people competing athletically is to be the best 
to win championships to succeed and you use this Florida as a model like this was their Michael Jordan at halftime Michael secret juice or whatever like it it was in Space Jam right like it was Mm -hmm. like they drank this and they won a Mm -hmm. championship be Mm -hmm. a champion fill your body you know I think um leverage that PR I guess is what I would do leverage that PR totally um and take the next step into athlete endorsements. So that was a big piece of the pie. Um, So they began targeting athletes, particularly in the University of Florida football team, the Gators. Um, And one of the earliest endorsements came from football player Joe Namath. 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 Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In the 1960s. uh, Tell us about Joe. I didn't care to look uh, him up. very famous quarterback. Uh, quarterback. The Jets. He he won a, a bunch of Super Bowls. That's all I need to know. Yeah. Yeah. He, he say was no like, more. He like was literally like, say no more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I started going. Down. I started. It, it was exactly where I can't finish a sentence. I'm catching myself now. And you're like, say no more, Zach. Say no more. Say no more. And I'm like, oh yeah. He like wore fur coats. And yeah, I'm like going into into depth. I mean, if you were going to talk Nanny. fashion, I would have let you continue. I mean, but I knew you were going have... into stats, and I was like, I could care less. I just wanted to know no. what he did and what team well, he played for. Well, in the 1973 season, uh, Joe Namath threw for 295. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. You got me. Um, you got me that one. So athlete endorsements was a piece of their pie, their marketing campaigns. Then the involvement in sports events, again, leveraging that win. Um, they often started sponsoring events, uh, gaining visibility, and creating a strong association between the brands and sports per- performance. For instance, Gatorade became the official sports drink of the National Football League in 1969. Mm. And you know what's mm. crazy to me is just how quickly this happened. It was developed in 65, and by 69, they are literally the sports drink of the, of the NFL. Yeah. Hmm. You know? That's very, um, yeah, that's fascinating, mm-hmm. I think. So that's number yeah. two, sports events, endorse athletes. Number three, educational seminars. Um, so they're really leaning into the science of it. Uh, hey, this was developed by a scientist in mm. uh, to really, you know, lean uh, to it, reinvigorate electrolytes and your nutrition. Um, so they conducted educational seminars and presentations for coaches, athletes, and sports teams, really selling this electrolytes uh, piece of it, piece of the puzzle. Um, and of course, they're sharing scientific insights. So data really helps make their claims. Um, and they started to position themselves as a trusted source of information. Yeah. Do you feel in your research that this has gone like the pharmaceutical route where it's just like very focused research to deliver a certain message? Or is it true like, you know, control tests that are like, yeah, you perform better with this stuff? I think a combination of both. And I'm actually really happy that you're pausing here because I was going to pause here too and ask you what you think of the scientific messaging approach. And also like, would this work with consumers today? Would this resonate with consumers? Because you bring up pharmaceuticals and I think that's a really good point. And this isn't a trick question. So, you know, do you really think that this could resonate? And if you want to pause and think. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm, I'm off the cuff, Caitlin. Uh, my, uh, 
my gut is that because I'm trying to think back because I still see Gatorade commercials today, right? They're still very prominent. Um, and I'm thinking back to their messaging in these recent ones. And there still is kind of that undercurrent of uh, science. Like I'm thinking of the imagery they use a lot of times. And it's like athletes running on a treadmill with like the mask over it, like the oxygen mask over them. And yeah, they got yeah. all these wires hooked up to them, yeah. you know? And it's like, it's not really talking about, it's just kind of like replenish what you lose. Like they're not the, in, as far as the messaging is not like, here are the specific things that we replenish. It's like just replenish, but the imagery is very still white lab coats, people watching athletes sweat and run on a treadmill. So I think that's such a good point. It's like such an inception where it's like yeah. you're putting something on the screen that says a very different message than the actual actual message where it's just like the message is replenish what you've lost. But this guy yep. is tied up to cords and he's they have a scientist checking off little check boxes on a on a you know a clipboard. Um I think that's a great yeah. example. So do you do you think that was effective? I think it would be still effective, yeah. Because I'm even thinking to sports in general, and there's so much science behind it now. Like they they employed like not only like analyzing player performance and whatever kind of sport, but like physiotherapy, like making sure that mm. players can play the longest. That like there's sports has become very science and analytics based. So the fact that Gatorade is still associated with a lot of these sporting events just kind mm. of like adds that layer as well. Yeah, I think I like works. that. Because I was actually going to take it differently and I was going to say it wouldn't be super effective for consumers because I was looking at the average consumer. Maybe you were looking at mm. someone who cares about sports because I see us being just inundated with nutritional information. And I mean, we're inundated with products. Our entire life is a, is an advertisement. Yeah. Um, we're yeah. living inside of an advertisement. And so we're much more, I, I do like to give the consumer the benefit of the doubt. Benefit. I think they are more aware. Um, yeah, I and think they're, that's a they're really smarter to these, yeah, you know, scientific claims. Also, there's documentaries coming out about the food and beverage industry where like these scientific claims don't actually mean anything. Like there's no scientist making these claims. It's just like you submit a little email to somebody and they give you the stamp of approval, but there's no like research. Yeah. So and that, I think that's a really good point, honestly. Um, you know, I think uh, it's let me try to formulate my words like when you explained the Gatorade actual the first things where it's like salt and sugar and lime juice with water it's like what the fuck does that like it, it I, I assumed there was like electrolytes and and all of these nutrients almost like the the yogurt stuff that helps it's you. just like, salt. I thought there was packed with different things it's just salt and sugar and water and flavoring and I'm like mm -hmm. yeah they totally I totally bought into that so I think yeah. you're right like it's kind yeah, of, it brings right. me back to our got milk campaign where it's like, you can only get this calcium from milk and really yeah. a tablespoon of basil can give you more calcium than milk gives. And they just framed it so well where it's like, oh my God, am I going to die? Are my bones going to crumble to <laughs> dust if I don't have calcium? Cause that's what they kind of, they put, they instilled that fear into you. And maybe Gatorade is 
not instilling fear, but it is kind of like, you need electrolytes, you need electrolytes. Yeah. And just like putting so much weight on this word electrolytes. And then when you really look at the formula, you're like, what are these electrolytes? Where are they? Where are the yeah. electrolytes? And you're like, oh, it's what just salt. What is an electrolyte? I don't even what know. What is like, an electrolyte? Yeah, I don't even know. Like, I just feel like I need them. I've sweated out. I need them. I don't know. Totally, you know? totally. As soon like, as I sweat, I'm like, I need to replenish my electrolytes. Yeah, that is scary. That is scary. <laughs> Now that we're like really talking about this, this is how scary our <laughs> lives are. We have been so inundated with advertising that we take it as Bible. Yeah, yeah. We, we've been, we, the, the tables have turned. We've been exposing manipulation for so long and now we're like, we've oh, been fuck. manipulated. We, 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 yeah, we've been manipulated. No, I think you're right. Like, I have no idea. Now that we're and I'll wake it. up like I'll go to a really hard workout class and I'll wake up the next morning like feeling like shit and I'll and I'll credit it to me not drinking enough electrolytes like I'm like I did not <laughs> replenish my electrolytes last night after the class like it's crazy how inundated <laughs> brainwashed yeah. we're we're sheep Zach I all right know, all for consumerism so um, just one last thing that they really leaned into was the differentiation from water, uh, which is actually what we were just kind of riffing on and talking about. But Gatorade's marketing highlighted the benefits of its formulation compared to just drinking water, which actually in the 60s was a real thing uh, for coaches of athletes. They said like water will give you nausea and cramps. Uh... I don't know this to be true, but that was even in the 60s. So Gatorade just kind of like leaned into this adage i think there adage. is maybe so yeah yeah I, I'm okay. I'm a theory that. theory um, a theory uh so uh i think uh i think that's fair because like you know when you're training every day you're drinking lots of fluids and maybe you can get more with less with like the gatorade stuff you know like if it has that extra sugar and salt like you can you can drink less of it because I think it's just the amount of fluids, right? Like if you get weighed down because you're chugging water. That's like, true. I mean, you did know. you see that news story over the weekend where a mother died for from drinking 60 ounces in 20 minutes, which actually doesn't seem like that much water to me. No, but like just we like don't need to get into to that. Throw it down. Yeah, throw it down. But I think like that weighing down of, of like water because you're replenishing so much it, that might have something. But I'm trying to give Gatorade the benefit of the doubt now. Like, I'm a little salty about it. I, I have oh, some salty. electrolytes about Gatorade. Yeah, I have some electrolytes <laughs> about Gatorade now. Um, so we're in the 90s, 1970s now, and I want to talk about uh, the trademark and ownership discussion because this was a oh. big one. And I just found, like, it seems obvious um, that there would be some disputes, uh, but it's really interesting to me because I can't think of another product, a consumer product that has this type of trademark and, and ownership issues. So let me just get into it. Um, the development of Gatorade was initiated with the support of a federal research grant. So the University of Florida, when it started having commercial success, obviously wanted a piece of the pie. And so it asserted its claim to ownership rights and they wanted to share the royalties generated by Gatorade. So there was a lot of disputes there. Um, the university argued that its involvement in funding and facilitating the research gave it a stake in the product's commercial success. And of course, the researchers who worked on developing Gatorade also wanted a stake in that market. Um, 
and they sought recognition and compensation for their efforts as well as the potential financial benefits. The ownership and royalty disputes were resolved through negotiations and legal agreements three years later, and in 1973, a settlement was reached allocating a portion of Gatorade's royalties to the University of Florida. No, the university was granted a 20% share of the royalties. 20%? Jeez. And as of my research, it is still collecting a 20% share. Wow. But get this. The last like real concrete number I could find was as of 2009, the university had received more than $150 million from its share of Gatorade royalties. That seems low. Ah, thank you. Yes. I mean, from yeah. the 60s to the, what, 2009, 100, I would think $150 million a year. Yeah at the least right like so i don't know if this number is just like very hard to find also Hmm. from somebody who does not participate in college sports does not participate in sports at all (laughs) um from the outside i think i would have heard about university of florida being a really wealthy college because Again, from the outside, I hear about the University of Oregon. Um, The University of Oregon being a really wealthy college and how they get the luxury of updating their new uniforms once a year because of Nike being there. But I don't hear about University of Florida. Yeah, I think it's because you're a West Coast person, Caitlin. Um, You know, I think like, uh, yeah, so Florida, it's always been big. I think I've been to the campus. It is gorgeous. It does Mm, give me like they have very highly updated facilities like throughout it. And they're pretty big in college sports. I wouldn't say they're like massive. Like University of Oregon is definitely like a more prominent name in college sports than University of Florida. But the campus is really nice. Like, I think they invest a lot in whatever facilities they want. Well, and I think now, this is my limited college sports knowledge, but I think now that you can pay college players, I wonder if we're going to see the University of Florida becoming more, uh, becoming a bigger name in college sports. Uh, So the school can't pay the players, but they can take sponsorship, they can take sponsorship deals. Right. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. So like I, yeah, probably there's going to be like people going to like big colleges because it's university of Florida and you're going to get a deal with whatever local campus shop sandwich shop or whatever to be like, Hey, well, no, I'm thinking Gatorade. You think Gatorade's going to sponsor. I don't think they're going to go into college athletes unless there's like a big college athlete, unless it's like a, a super big, super popular college athlete. I don't think they're going to dabble in that. I mean, when you're working with like the likes of like LeBron James and totally and good point, like these big name pro players, like good point, good point, good point. Kids. I am like yeah. speaking way outside of my realm here. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to backtrack. Theorizing too. No, no I'm, I'm just theorizing too. Cause like there's this LSU gymnast. She's a gymnast, college gymnast, $4.5 million in endorsement deals last year. Is she the blonde girl? So, yeah, I think so. 
you know who I'm talking about, right? So Gatorade might dabble in that because there's such Mm -hmm. a big following, you know, and like be like, hey, we can sponsor this gymnast, but um, I don't think little ones, fuck that. So where was I? I was, uh, so they resolved the disputes, Gatorade, uh, sorry, University of Florida now gets 20% of the royalties. And of course, I was curious if Dr. Cade got any of those royalties and Dr. Cade and his team did get some of those royalties from whatever, like the, the number is really, really not disclosed anywhere. So I went to my favorite chat GPT and said, is Dr. (laughs) Cade rich? And they said, no, (laughs) he's not rich. So I think like, I mean, if you think about it, $150 million over the course of 40 years yeah that's, is, that just doesn't seem and he only gets a little piece of the pie like it's kind of like those royalty yeah. checks that actors are showing you know like, like nine cents from cents. yeah mm-hmm. but so. my question to you is and i don't know if you'll have the answer but like didn't the 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 beverage company buy the rights to it like didn't they get compensated for the rights to use it so why are they coming back and saying oh I now know. you're making lots of money I no, want I agree. No, you sold me the rights. I bought it. You know, like I, that's what I, I, would say. I, it makes the University of Florida look thirsty, and it makes Doctor K oh. look thirsty. I know. Oh, um, get some electrolytes, University of Florida. Because yeah, if like they wouldn't get, and obviously, I mean, this is really just so obvious, but they, they wouldn't give a shit had Gatorade just been a regular product on the shelves of yeah whatever small town svc came from yeah i agree like that just seems i feel like maybe the the svc company didn't do their homework enough to like secure the rights right now like, maybe there was some wiggle room because clearly florida won but it's well like, let's get into that So in the 80s, the SVC actually faced financial challenges, which is a little shocking considering they just took on Gatorade. um, And that led to its acquisition by Quaker Oats Company in 1983 for $220 million. Which obviously this acquisition really marked a pivotal turn in Gatorade because now they have uh, access to their extensive distribution and network yeah. and resources and marketing teams uh, and the and financial all the backing. O- oatmeal, all the oatmeal their little bellies can handle. Uh, so from there in the eighties, that's when Gatorade's distribution, they really focused on distribution and they started selling overseas. So it ventured into Canada, then regions of Asia, then South America, then Europe, and then Australia. Uh, and then they started introducing various flavors, uh, including blueberry, pineapple, and others, which I have never run into a pineapple Gatorade, but I need to. Pineapple is one of my favorites. Really? Yeah. Okay. I love pineapple. Mm. Who doesn't love pineapple? It's the best fruit. I love fruit. eating a pineapple. I love eating pineapple, I would say. And the twice. juice, though. Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. You need to go to a store and get a can of pineapple and drink the juice. Out of the can? Uh, yeah. That's where you get it. That's where you get uh, the I juice. I can't judge too Unless much. You have a juice. I, do that. I do that with, like, pickle jars, like uh, the pickle mm-hmm. brine. Yeah. Just like, yeah. yeah, so good. So good. Okay. Okay. I backtrack. I backtrack on that. Um, so then 
Uh, so now we're at in the 90s, they distributed to Australia and then they came up with the Michael Jordan Be Like Mike campaign. And we're going to watch that commercial. So classic. I'm going to pause. And because we're trying to start a YouTube channel, I'm going to share my screen so viewers at home can see. Shout out to YouTube, Manipulating the Masses podcast. Look it up, follow, do everything. But don't do that yet because we haven't gotten anything up. Have we? Yeah, we have one video right now. Do we? Really? Yeah. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Like we said, we're running a business. Doing an hour-long video editing session is not an easy task. And I'm going to – can you hear my screen? Okay, so now I'm sharing. Can you hear it? Yeah, this does not look like uh, the Michael Jordan commercial, but commercial for the commercial. Hang oh, on. it's the ad. It's the ad. <laughs> like, Christ, are you new? <laughs> I was just. I thought you had it queued up. <laughs> I did have it queued up, but the, you know, you know, YouTube does its things and it resets. What, okay, what, ready? Okay, okay. Let's talk about your algorithm, though. What What do you got? What What's the ad for? Uh, improve your videos fast. Look at you, Caitlin. I'm so curious what you get served on your ad. Be like Mike. Drink Gatorade. Drink Gatorade. I did notice uh, in their packaging, are they glass bottles at this time? Are they like- I know, I noticed that too, yeah. Yeah, huh. That seems a lot more eco-friendly than the plastic shit that they have now. Um, That everyone has. What are your thoughts about it being being a, a not- I love it. I think it has a catchy jingle. It has everything that a good marketing campaign should. It has celebrity endorsement. It has inspiration. It has a catchy jingle. I don't know about the be like Mike drink Gatorade phrase. Like I think be like Mike. Mm. I mean, obviously it's kind of legendary, right? You, you know, the campaign be like Mike. Oh yeah. Did you know the song? Oh yeah, I was a, I was a, I grew up a Chicago Bulls fan, so uh, yep, I'm I'm very familiar with mm. that. Okay, mm. yeah, I, so I loved it. I thought it was inspirational, and you know, you have kids in the mix. People love a good kid. Um, <laughs> Crazy. What do you think? No, I, uh, I think it's I think it's a terrific commercial too. I think what the what they did well is what we've been as far as the imagery goes is what we've been talking about, where it intercuts with him 
making classic shots, you know, winning games. Like that is kind of the undercurrent of it. Um, but what I do love about this commercial specifically is there are a few shots of him just like he misses the ball and it hits his head, you know, and he's like laughing, right? He's not like this infallible, like superhuman being. He They make no. him really approachable and yeah. like fun to be around. He's like playing with yeah. kids and like tipping the ball up. And so be like Mike seems attainable, right? Yes. I think that's what, that's what they did really well is like, it's not like be like this illustrious world champion athlete just be like mike it, it you anybody can do that so drink gatorade that's the first step i i really like that it. and you talked about like him there they they splice they do a good job of splicing between him acting really goofy on the playground with kids where it's like oh that's really achievable that's he's in he's in my backyard um and yep. then him on the nba courts just sinking, sinking baskets, just throwing yeah. touchdowns. And I did. <laughs> and I did uh, <laughs> so they they have the be like Mike slogan, but on their bottles, it says thirst quencher. And like, yeah. I just, I thought about that too. I was like, what a good spot, like a quench, like what a good word to use quencher. for a sports drink. Like, it's not just like it, it cures it. It's like it quenches it. Like, what a weird <laughs> word. You but say that so aggressively. How else do you say it? Try to say quench not aggressively. And it sounds I know. weird. Yeah. I know. And actually, in my research, I did come across, like, that was technically their first campaign was Thirst Quencher. Um, mm -hmm. But there just wasn't really anything interesting to talk about it besides the word quench, apparently. Quench. Quench. Okay, let's go into a campaign they ran in the 2000s. It's called Is It In You? Question mm. mark. Um, and let's just get into it and we can discuss. So pause. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I love this again? shit. Yeah, hold on. Yeah. Oh, God. Ugh. Ugh. Why do you say uh, ugh? Ah, the imagery in that one is just rough for me. Why? Uh, I think it's showcasing the colors, black and white for those of you listening. It's like black and white, and then the sweat or the things coming out of the people are colored in Gatorade, which is fine. Like they had a dude with like sweat marks down his back that were purple. That's like fixed. But they have one where the dude is crying green. Like it's crying like acidic tears. It's just you gotta be very like one where it's cut on his nose and his blood is blue. Like dude, it just like <laughs> I think it is it's uh no. And plus being like a teenage boy at this time where it's is it in you, come on, like that is just fodder for terrible, terrible sexualized jokes. Like I don't know. You know. Yeah. 
I, I, uh, so this imagery is, I thought it was pretty iconic because this is the same imagery that they use to this day. And to your point though, they did, they have dialed it down. Like, I don't think they have blood, blue blood anymore (laughs) or like tears. Like it strictly comes as sweat. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I think that there is uh, a lot of play on words here. Is it in you? The Gatorade is coming out as like power. Um, yep, it's coming yep. out in the form of your blood, sweat, and tears. Um, yep. I do like the intensity of it. I personally do. Uh, but I don't know if it resonates with everybody because we go from like this really happy jingle with be like Mike, where it's like very inspiring. You're really focusing on Michael Jordan and him being a normal human being to this, like athletes are gods. And in order for you to be a God, you must drink Gatorade kind of mentality, like aggression. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be, um, and I could look it up if you don't have it right off. Do you, do you know when Powerade was launched? Like, Mm-mm. no. Because I'm almost thinking like if that was the time. Yeah. So uh, they released Powerade in 1987, right? And it started to grow to prominence. So maybe I mean by the when the in the when that be like Mike, there was just no real competition in the sports drink market. Maybe yeah. they have to change it to be like be the powerful person because they're combating against a growing competitor and they're like yeah. we are the ultimate yeah drink, yeah you know? well i also i think you might be right actually it's like for a long time they held the market there was there was nobody else and i mean right now they still hold the market yeah um yeah, they yeah. essentially invented they did they invented the sports drink market yeah so i yeah. think that they really had a lot of room to be fun and a lot of room to play around and they could have any athlete they wanted because of all the endorsements they were getting from the win from the gators um and then yeah you might be right they might focus to like hey we're better than the other aid out there yep yep instead of like so i want to go into uh what i consider a flop of a campaign oh, um it's called okay. what's g and this came out in 2006 um and i'm gonna play it just a second oh i love that shit. what's g what's a g
One word. Uh, one word? Ugh. <laughs> That's Why? Just, uh, First of all, do you recognize the narrator? Yeah, Lil Wayne. How do you yeah. how do you miss that? Yeah, how do you miss that voice? But uh, and it, especially having him say like, "What's G?" You know, like he, he references G? G a lot. Um, you know, that just felt like to put it to plainly. Try hard. For those of you listening at home, yeah, the imagery of that was just like a scan of all of these endorsements that they have, like all of these famous athletes and people that they have and they're just like panning through all of them at one point the yeah. jabberwockies make a make an appearance <laughs> i know um, you have Derek jeter you have the jabberwockies i think you have Dwayne wade you have muhammad Serena, ali, muhammad you know, ali. Yeah. candace parker there was a lot of like big athletes but it just felt like yeah i think you're right that one was a flop it's because that is more like here's all the people that use our drink maybe it was just prior to the I think it works well to say, here's the benefits you're going to get from drinking Gatorade, their prior stuff, or what they're rather than here's just all the people that we pay to be in the commercial, you know? Well, not only that, it's, it's a try hard. It's like, yeah. Hey, how can we make Gatorade cool? Oh, I know. Let's get Lil Wayne to narrate it. It's like at some point there. So first of all, I actually, there's an aspect of that campaign that I appreciate because they are in another rendition. They have like politicians and they have like, you know, be the best that you can be. It doesn't matter if you have, why are you making that face? They have politicians in there? I think they have Warren Buffett in there. They have like the president. I don't know. They have, huh. it's not like a whole, there's, they're intertwined. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's not like a whole lineup of athletes. And so I appreciate that they're trying to expand beyond the athlete demographic, which I think it has been successful, but this campaign particularly just felt like a try hard. Also, like, what's G? Who the fuck cares? Like, nobody yeah. asked. You don't need yeah. to explain yourself on what's G. Like, maybe if you didn't, ha maybe if your name didn't resonate with us, but it already resonates. There's no reason to make that campaign. You know, yeah. it's just, and I think it, also piggybacks off of the intensity of the last campaign that we just saw where it's like so much like let's go back to something fun and inspirational yeah. so uh was this due to the fact that they stopped listing gatorade on their bottles and they just started doing the g was this like what triggered it like just saying hey we can we can now brand ourselves with just the G without completely spelling out Gatorade, you know? You might be like, right. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You might be right. So it could have been the foray. Like the but did we yeah. really need that? Like, I think we're smart. No. Like, don't, we, we're smart people. We can make the jump, the giant leap from Gatorade to <laughs> G with the lightning bolt. Yeah, I think that's another case of like marketing just being self-indulgent and being like, oh, we're, we're like going to change the bottles. We have to come up with a complete campaign yes, to yes, back up yes. that decision. Yeah, it's, yes. it's, it's self-indulgent, I think. Yeah. And right. if you yeah. are like, make it fun, just be like, hey, we got sick of saying Gatorade or, you know, whatever, <laughs> like that. This is a great example of where creatives are taking themselves way too seriously. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I also want to go over some legendary flops. 
Oh, so, and this uh, has to do with some marketing. It has to do with some product expansion. Um, can you right off the cuff, think of anything that any product that Gatorade released that just did not resonate with you? Uh, Propel, Gatorade Propel is one that I don't really enjoy. That's uh, Okay, I think Propel is a separate brand. I don't think it's, it's not is labeled it not? Gatorade Propel, it's no. Is it not? It's like... Because I actually like Propel. It is Gatorade Propel. But maybe... No, it did do an offshoot. But it started with Gatorade. Okay, so Propel, anything else? Um, let me think. I'm fishing. Um, they have they have those like gummy chewy stuff now. Yeah. Like, I don't, like that's... Uh, yeah, that feels like a flop. Um, yeah. I do. I don't know because it's relatively new. I don't know, but they've like they've released like Gatorade Pedialyte stuff for hangovers. Like they have um, like. Wait, like, no, I actually like those. I love them because they're yeah. so salty. I love salty things. Yeah. They are yeah. so salty. Yeah. Uh, no, I really like, like those. I don't know how successful they are, but you're right. I think it's a great move because, like, get, drinking so a Gatorade when after a hang, like when you're hungover, is like boom, like you feeling better, and just to do it for a specific, like, yeah, without like, I winking think, and not being like, hey, buy this, you know. I think yeah. it's a good move. Yeah, I think everyone associates electrolytes with a hangover now. It, mm -hmm. There's like two markets. It's you're an athlete or you're hungover. Or you're hungover. So, yeah, they Which, leaned into that. What is an electrolyte that it takes Which out on both ends? What is an electrolyte? What does it do that when you drink too much and you work too hard that you're losing electrolyte? What is an electrolyte? Um, get a sign. It's a question of the century. Yeah. Um, so... This one uh, was the G2. Do you remember the G2 and G2 oh, Natural? Vaguely. So it, Gatorade introduced G2 in 2007 as a lower calorie option for health conscious consumers. While the intention was to provide a healthy alternative, G2 sales did not e meet expectations um, and the market did not respond as favorably to the taste and the formulation of G2. And I think this is an example of them just kind of reaching an audience that they're not really meant to reach. They're meant yeah, to reach yeah. athletes. Who are already health conscious. What are you trying yeah. to do? Yeah, They're yeah, already yeah. health conscious people. They work out every day. What are you doing trying to, trying to get a lower calorie health? Where, what market are you trying to reach? Here's the thing, mm -hmm. and here's what they did do well, is Gatorade Zeros, where I personally don't like how sweet Gatorades are. And Gatorade yeah. Zeros take out all of those extra sugars. Um, the and they tried yeah. to do something with G2 that was very similar, but it's like, if you already have G0 or Gatorade Zero, and you already have Gatorade, like why create a middle ground? You're just creating gray area for everybody. Um, and yeah. then they did try to, try to do G2 natural which they just infused with stevia is it stevia oh, or stevia no it's stevia i'm gonna call it stevia um so just natural versions of sweetener instead of the corn <laughs> syrup that they've used so huh, interesting um then tiger focus do you remember this at all 
the, like the golfer, like Tiger Woods. Yeah, Tiger Woods. They Tiger Woods partnered up with Gatorade to release Tiger Focus. And if you don't remember it, and I don't remember it, it was a flop because this yeah. Tiger was at the peak of his success. Um, and this was at in the mid two thousands. Gatorade launched a product called Tiger Focus, which was endorsed. Which, sorry, you can cut that out. I just said that. <laughs> this uh, it was a product that was marketed at, as a beverage that could improve mental focus and concentration. But it received some criticism for potentially promoting an unhealthy message by suggesting that a beverage could replace the need for proper nutrition and rest. But also I want to mention that the other backlash was that Tiger had some serious personal issues during the time of this release and they just marched forward with it. And everybody at that time was like, I like, and I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about Tiger Woods. So obviously I'm not buying this. So yeah, they still march yeah, with it. Yeah. And I, I do um, think like that kind of stuff, I, maybe it was a little late to the game, but like that kind of stuff is counterculture to like fighting the mental toughness that's ingrained in many young athletes. Like when I growing up playing sports, like they ingrained like mental toughness, like don't show emotion, don't show weakness, like any, don't quit. And like, it leans into that kind of like uh, mentality. And I think by the time that release, like it, that was, that idea was fading. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Making mental. Um, then they had an organic, product called Gatorade Organic. And I think I don't even need to discuss this one. It's just reaching an audience that it doesn't need to be reaching. You don't need to be in Whole Foods. You don't. You're Gatorade. Yeah. And you have 80% of the market share. What are you trying to do? For sports drinks. Like don't go into water. (laughs) You've specifically positioned yourself against water. So don't try to go into water. Um, My my feeling is like it's the, the base train of Gatorade. The marketing is just on like a locomotive, just moving on its own that the marketing team's like, I don't want to be fired. Like, let's come up with another product. Let's run another campaign. You know, whoever the ad agency is, is like, we got to earn our keep. Like let's, well, suggest a yeah. new product you know i think more of like their r&d team but i don't see this as unusual like every product that has successes tries to create spin-off products mm-hmm. to capture a, a little bit of a different you know to kind of claw at a different market. So they're trying to get a piece of the organic market. They're trying to get a piece of the low calorie market. I get it. Um, But I think this is just um, a great example of why companies need to be really, really focused in what their next move is and really intentional with not losing their current audience. Their athletes are not gonna, they don't want an organic product. They don't. They're happy with what they have. Maybe just make it like extra electrolytes or something. Gatorade extra. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, they came out with those gummies that are like packed. I don't know. Like they're there's they're just trying. I do I do get the feeling that they're just reaching right now. Okay. Know? So then after the organic, they came out with this campaign in two. Oh shoot. I think it was 2016. When was Cam Newton like a thing? That's about the time. Yeah. 2016? Uh, the only thing, I, I block out 2016 because of the political election. But yeah, it just feels like there was, that was his time. So 
I'm going to share my personal favorite campaign. <laughs> is it? For, are, is, are you being facetious or a flop? Um, for various reasons, it's my favorite. So I'll let <laughs> okay. you explain to me why it's my favorite. All right. 2016. Do you know what okay, that, you can see yeah, why that's a good one that's a good one and it leads to our conversation today right like very very funny it's funny I think that works a lot better mm-hmm. but it's also isolating so this campaign actually flopped and had a lot of criticism because you have to sweat it to get it is basically like nobody else can drink our product. So it went from, I'm trying to capture a massive amount of market appeal by going organic and low calorie to basically like, fuck that, fuck those guys. I'm going back to athletes and telling anybody who doesn't even resemble an athlete that they cannot drink my product. Like it's a little bit isolating. Uh, I, I see, I see where you're coming from, but I'm also like, you know, that's just making fun of it. Like we all know Gatorade was a sports drink, but we all know everybody gets it on a road trip when you're just like chilling and like it's, I think they were just trying to talk to the authenticity of it, but I see where you're coming from. You know, I thought it was funny because of how crude it is. And the comments in the section were like, this isn't real. This is fake. Like as if they thought that there was really a live can't security footage of this person trying to buy yeah yeah. it was just like that's but that's that's the audience act like those are the people who are buying gatorade so you really have to cater to the lowest people who will feel offended because they didn't get a workout in today okay Mm, so moving right along um not to make this podcast any longer than it needs to be (laughs) rebrand in 2010 it decided to do a rebrand uh, with a new logo and packaging and the changes were met with backlash. Um, really? Yeah. And they just went back to it. And I think, uh, again, this is, this is an example of the heritage of the brand and people are going to feel personally connected to it. So if you switch it up, it's kind of like, oh, I, I have a great example of this actually in my ski town. Tahoe. Mm. There's a huge resort called, it was called Squaw Valley. Um, Squaw is a Native American term and it actually has some derogatory meaning towards women. And 
so, I mean, Squaw Valley has been in place. It, they hosted the Olympics in the 60s. Anyways, it's been in place forever. I grew up there. All my friends grew up there. This is the te- this is the ski mountain to ski. And they rebranded two years ago to Palisades. And I have never <laughs> seen backlash like this in my life. There's people really? in that town that wear t-shirts that said squaw will always be squaw or like fuck Palisades or whatever it is. Like they have such intense control over the name squaw and over the brand squaw. They have such feelings of ownership over it for some reason. And I'm over here being like, from a rebrand perspective, they actually did a really great job. Like it's a really fucking Mm -hmm. good logo and Palisades, like who cares? (laughs) Just get on board with it and move on. So uh, the backlash that they faced was insane. So. But here's my Back question to, to you as like the branding person though. Here's my question for Gatorade too. Like the Gatorade buckled and they were like, all right, you guys don't like it. Okay, we'll go back. Right. Yeah. Um, at what point it doesn't matter what you change. They make one update to Facebook and people are like, oh, I don't like this. I hate it. Every, any change people are totally. going to hate. At what point do you just, just wait it out, bust through it? Cause I guarantee you as far as your ski resort, like in five years, those shirts, nobody's going to be talking. Pe- yep. Yeah, like it'll you just gotta wait it out. Like people will be totally. like, ah, rah, rah, rah. and then that audience just gets smaller and smaller of the people being angry, and you move on. I completely, right? like, I completely agree with that. Um, maybe where I see this as, you know, you talked about like the marketing team and the advertising team being like, "Fuck, we just need to come up with something else because you know Gatorade's <laughs> in the back doing so well." Yeah. Maybe let's try a rebrand. So maybe that's the difference between a rebrand like Meta, where they're like, we're doing this with intent and purpose because this is going to be the umbrella brand now. Um, And like, this is just the way it is. We need to make this pivot in order for the health of the company versus Gatorade was like, well, let's just try something to try it. Maybe. Yeah. That's my theory. Versus Twitter was just like, fuck it. Today we're X. Twitter. High five to Twitter for the re- worst rebrand in history. I just oh like my God. someone was like X and they're like, yeah, let's draw an X. And everything is still tweet. Or like, yeah, I think uh, maybe next week we're going to go into that because now they're let's dropping their Twitter's dropping in, in Google rankings. Like you search Twitter cause they're going to change their URL to X.com or whatever. Like they're now losing their own ranking for their brand name, their former brand name. Yeah. It's wild, but that's one of the worst. Uh, oh yeah. So I think, um, at what point do you just trudge through? At what point do you make the decision? Like we've listened to you as a consumer base. We're going to go back. Like, yeah. Do you as a brand admit <laughs> failure and be like, oh, we it's like you can frame it as like, oh, we've heard your feedback. We're going to go do this. Yeah. But otherwise, just like ignore it, in my opinion, and move on. Like, I agree. That's be, my that's everybody's my gonna be if you had yeah. true intent with the rebrand and you wanted to rebrand it for the health of the company, then, yeah, ignore the feedback you're getting. People will get on board with it and it'll be fine. They'll live another yeah. day. Um, for a a brand, if it was a half baked idea 
then the brand should always admit ownership or Definitely. responsibility in my opinion. Um, so yeah, you can come out and be like, oops, sorry, fucked up, going back. I hear ya, it was a bad idea, don't know who it was. Anyways, people just need to t- not take themselves so seriously. It's just a rebrand for a sports drink, you guys. Okay. Uh, in 2022, yeah. they did come out with an energy drink, which I don't remember at all. I just, again, another G-fuel market you don't- or something like that. Yeah. You geez, don't like have to that. get into. Unless it was like some sort of like, like maybe creatine, you know, like pre-workout drink. Uh, I like could see them getting into. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why haven't they done uh-huh. that? Mm. Um, and then finally, I didn't look much into this, but they launched a digital platform called G Active uh, and aimed at providing personalized training and nutrition plans to athletes, which I don't think is a bad idea. I don't think that's a half bad idea but uh the platform offered uh, video contact workouts and hydration advice which i'm sorry you don't need hydration advice uh but it struggled to gain traction and compete with other established fitness and health apps so again i just think this was like wrong time wrong place nike fit already beat you to it like peloton you know all these things are already on the market and you're just too late i think i think gatorade could have done this had they been first to market but nike fit was the first nike fit has been around forever so that's all i have i want to add another section into the podcast called zach what did we learn (laughs) um i learned um, quite a few things that I have no, uh, I have, first of all, I have no idea what electrolytes are. I've learned that. Um, I did learn, uh, that Gatorade has, uh, is still reaching and feeling for some new markets, even though they're dominating the, uh, uh, sports drink market. They're still, and what's our analysis of that? Grow. Like, what's your opinion? Stay in your lane. Somewhat. I mean, Somewhat. Here's, Good here's, point. My, here's my opinion of that is that they broke into the sports drink market. They created it, which is why they're so su- successful. It feels like they've lost that innovative touch uh, where they are breaking new ground. It's like you said, with the fitness app, they were not first to market there. They're not first to market in the health conscious drink app. They're not first to market in the energy drink market. You know, like they're just trying to replicate and they're, for me, relying too much on their brand name to create new products rather than saying, hey, there's some market available here in the fitness realm that we can start to get into, right? Um, I think that's a big, they've just kind of lost that innovative touch. It's what happens when you get 80% market share. You're just trying to either conserve that or find new markets to get into. Um, Do you have a thought on that? What were some successful marketing tactics and what were some failures that we learned about? I think a successful tactic is the underlying scientific approach that Gatorade takes. Mm. I think that is, I, I, I think that's successful, right? We just okay. trust that Gatorade Rely on is, science. founded in a lab, right? Like the scientists created Gatorade, right? They like made up they the word electrolyte and we all went with it. Yeah, like they, they exactly. And we're all like, yeah, I know what that is. Um, but they uh, very much like found it in a lab, still made in a lab. This is the drink to scientifically. I think they do a, a successful thing with that. Uh, where I think they missed the mark uh, unsuccessful is just 
and maybe this is the age of the influencer, but they rely too much on endorsements now. Like everybody knows that you're paying Muhammad Ali to be there in your commercial. The facade of being like Muhammad Ali, who is who is going through a Parkinson's disease, drinks Gatorade every day. This is what he like is gone. That that is not there anymore. So all of these endorsements, I think, are not going to hit the same in the future. Interesting. Because my feedback on the successful aspects of Gatorade were get celebrity endorsements, get somebody to stand behind you, the scientific research for sure. And then my third one was like, really lean into your market, find your market Mm. and stick with them. And like, give them what they want. They don't want organic. They don't want this gray area of a low calorie but not totally no calorie drink like give them creatine give them pre-workout give them all these things um i i just thought of another flop but that i didn't mention was they had a three series gatorade do you remember this i remember it and you could buy it in stores it was three series it was step one step two step three step one was before your workout step two was during your workout and step three was after your workout which was just chaos because you're going into a 7-Eleven to buy a Gatorade and all of a sudden you're like, what the fuck? Like, which one do I buy? And then you just resort back to just a regular Gatorade. Like nobody is going into a 7-Eleven. You have to think about where your products are being sold to. Like, unless it's at a, even if you're at a gym, you're not like, okay, I got to take my step one. Like you're, you're choking down creatine powder in the car before you do a step one Gatorade. Just me? No? Okay. That's you? That's you? You did did that? Your workouts make me crazy. They're very intense. (laughs) Yeah, damn. Damn. You need some electrolytes. Uh, I know. So those are my three points. And then, I mean, I think the science, like, I'm, I'm, it's interesting that you say that that was a successful piece of it. I think in in part, I agree with you, but I think yeah. now 2023, so many people rely on science and so many people rely on these like stamps of approval by USDA and organic yeah. and uh, farm fresh. And you're like, this doesn't mean anything to anybody anymore. Yeah. So I don't know if I it think, could be as successful in this day and age. It maybe we're, we're, on the precipice of the downfall of Gatorade too, because both marketing tactics that have worked in the past, endorsements and and relation to science are maybe becoming a little too muddied uh, moving forward. So where do you pivot? How do you, how do you take it? Good point. And Gatorade's scrambling to be like, well, we pivot by entering new markets. Um, (laughs) As a capitalist, it's hard to say, just take your, just take your like you're gonna lose a part of the market and you have to be okay with that like you it's not really a capitalistic ideology but um i think gatorade has a heritage and a name that people are not going to move away from i mean my husband will like only drink gatorades which i think is such a college boy thing to do it is it is yeah like Um, but he still drinks Gatorade, Gatorade Zeros, because we're adults and we don't like sugar. <laughs> but yeah, he still dr- drinks those. 
I mean, uh, for me, like, I'm thinking anecdotally, and I'm not playing high level, but, like, rec league, uh, different leagues that I'm in, everybody brings their water bottle. Like, there's nobody buying a Gatorade and, like, bringing a plastic Gatorade to, like, everybody has a water bottle. Everybody brings their own water bottle. I know. You don't drink it during. You drink it after. You don't know what people are doing after. Well, we're adults, so we have a beer after, you know? We're rec league, but it's... Yeah, but then uh, after that, they're like... Okay, so now they're dehydrated from the sport. They had a beer. <laughs> you know that they're reaching for a Gatorade in the morning. I don't know, because you're drinking water the whole time. You know, like it, water gives know. you nausea and cramps. Did you not learn anything on this podcast? Zach? I did, but I'm saying, I'm saying maybe that that the trend is moving away, which is why they're. Well, yeah, it'll be interesting to see Gatorade sales moving yeah. forward. I will say, do you not get inspired every time you see a Gatorade commercial? Like, they still get me, and I'm still like, God, that's fucking badass. I'm going to go kick a soccer ball around. I don't anymore. Like, really? To be perfectly honest. Like, they're, 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 maybe I'm just not the target demo anymore. I think it is, like, college kids and young kids, like, trying to be great athletes. But, like, yeah. the you ones that the I see now are, like, refuel. Like, yeah, they have, like, a little health bar. Maybe they've just, they've gone real Gen Z for me. And I just, I don't feel like I'm their target demo anymore. Oh, my God. Back in but my I, day, I, I walked that, a mile in the snow. Yeah. I see that as a positive. I see that as a positive. I'm like, yeah, I'm not their target demo. I'm cool with it, but it doesn't resonate with me anymore. You know, like I'm not tr- trying to be like Gatorade should always and only be selling to me all the time. You know, fuck that. I'm just like, I think they've been missing the mark. That's my hot take. think this podcast is done and dusted all right well the, you took a long pause before that and i tried not to fill it with anything because i wanted to end my sentence and let you have <laughs> moments to think about it but with that uh i think we'll be back next week with uh an analysis of twitter twitter fun X, twitter Let's whatever do we don't we Let's don't do even it. know what to call it but we'll we'll take a look at it anything Thanks, else everyone. final thoughts That's it. Bye. Bye.